Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Ladies and gentlemen, presenting episode number 115 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And Sam, before we get into the meat of this episode, you and I talked about this briefly, maybe in like episode seven. And now I think I actually want to do it. I think I want to go into Cameo. I'm, I'm picking a number. It might not be seven, but it's sure. really, it was really early, really early. I think I want to go into Cameo and have some famous person do the opening for us. Hey, listen, um, that is not in the budget at Fowler Consulting, but if, uh, if Better Than Yesterday Consulting wants to do that, I am on board. And I say famous, like semi-famous. Like, I, I think you can get, um, you can get like Dean Simmons for like 75 or 100 bucks. Wow. Hmm. We can't get Tay-Tay. No, she's not on Cameo. Dang it. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll tell the whole world I'm a Swifty and I'm, I've got no problems with it. Oh, I'm an anti-Swifty after that football game. Oh, I didn't see what happened. I don't follow that stuff. I just... Uh, oh, oh that, that's so long ago now. Okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think having Frank Caliendo do... John Madden. His John Madden is solid. His John Madden is awesome. His um, his Samuel Jackson is really good. But he does. Um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing so many blanks today. Shawshank Redemption. Hello, I'm Morgan Freeman. He does a Morgan Freeman that is amazing. Hey, speaking of Shawshank Redemption, welcome to uh, episode 115, where uh, Drew and Sam just go on tangent after tangent after tangent. Did you know that the Shawshank Redemption was filmed in Mansfield, Ohio? And uh, get ready for this, Stephanie. You know who the franchisee is in Mansfield, Ohio? Ooh, ooh, I think I do. I think I do. I think I do. Go ahead, but you say it so that, you know. Anthony Satterwhite. So it's the Ohio State Correctional Facility or something. And they do Shawshank, they do Shawshank tours. Their hole you can crawl through? Like the prison is closed, but they are still doing tours. And wow, speaking of another tangent, you know, my good friend Dennis Ryan flew into St. Louis a few months ago and we did the whole Route 66 thing. But I hit the I did I did the Chicago to St. Louis piece without him. And guess what is on Route 66 in the Chicago piece? I have no idea. The prison that uh, uh, Jake blues of jake and elwood the blues brothers was in oh yeah the blues brothers and that is also closed but they do blues brothers uh tours and apparently one night a year you can stay in the prison overnight and people actually pay to do that that is just odd to me because i'm guessing it's not a night at the hilton sam i've been ziplining in guatemala i have bungee jumped in north carolina I have no problem doing some real seeking things. I have surfed in Hawaii. There is not a single part of me that wants to pay someone for me to spend a night in a prison. And this is coming from a guy that's six foot 
eight. Is that right? Yeah. If I go to the chiropractor, it's probably like six, seven right now. Yeah. And has slept in a submarine on a Boy Scout tour. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been on a submarine too. Yeah. 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 So I've got my Jake and Elwood, uh, Joliet state prison sticker on my, on my car top carrier. Cause I, I stopped to see it, but I did not go in cause it wasn't open. Crazy. So, um, tangents done. Episode 115, we teased it in episode 114, and because this episode is odd, and according to you, so am I, uh, I'll be leading this guy. So we're going to jump into some real-time coaching and why it's so important. So Lucas, uh, I'm going to challenge you to find us some sort of coaching drop, and I can't wait to hear what you find. You don't just mistakenly become great at something. You probably at one point, at one time or another, believe that you can be great at that. And then you work to get great at that, and you reach that greatness. But you don't mistakenly become great. And then you start to believe, oh man, I'm great at that. No, you, you believed that before, and you work to get that. So I always believe that, and I'll work every day to reach that. So great job, Lucas, on that drop. That was, that was amazing. Drew, we're going to talk about real-time coaching. We kind of did a bit in episode 114. And I think you and I would both agree that one of the things that we are horrible at today, and when I say horrible at, we're just not doing it enough. Not that we are no good at it. I believe you and I are okay at it. You know, before we get into this, I want to talk about that, about you and I being okay at it. And I think that you and I have a luxury that our store managers, our assistant managers, our supervisors, our district, our director of ops and our franchisees don't have. And that luxury is we don't have to run stores. Nope. That's all we're brought into is do real-time coaching. That is correct. So we are, are fortunate to have amazing clients who bring us in to do coaching. And that's the, typically the only thing on our plate that day. And, you know, our folks that are in stores day by day that have these real-time opportunities and are shoulder to shoulder don't have that opportunity so I think they've got to somehow, and we talked about this in the last couple of episodes, they've got to be present with who they're coaching in the moment. And they have to somehow, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm horrible at saying this word, but I'm going to give it a go. Compartmentalize. I'm, the, I'm bad at that one too. It's Yeah, tough. you got to pause. You got to think it through. Yeah. Words are hard. So they've got to compartmentalize what they're doing. And then they've got to be present with the learner not thinking about the 17 texts that they're getting every minute or the 47 emails they're getting every minute. And they've got to put themselves one-on-one and do some performance coaching. And it's amazing to me that when I'm in stores, how hungry team members are to do the right thing. You know, we hear silly things like this group of workers doesn't want to work or this group of workers is lazy. And, you know, I had the opportunity to be at the DFA meeting in early or late September and two presenters, uh, John U. Bacon was there presenting and Tim McIntyre was presenting. And they both brought up this thing about this common thought that today's workers are lazy. And Bacon took it back all the way to a quote from a Greek philosopher that said the next generation is horrible. And, and Tim showed newspaper clippings that were hundreds of years old that were talking about the next generation is lazy. 
So I don't think the next generation is lazy. I think they learn differently than than my generation did, which I guess would be two generations ago. Uh, I thought I'd throw in that age thing before you did, Drew. I want to. I I wasn't even going to go near that. Yeah, you have no idea how much I want to believe you. So, you know, if these <laughs> folks want to learn differently, then our choice is to try to get an entire generation to learn differently or for us to train differently. So we've got to be present. We've got to teach them the things. And what I was getting to is when I'm in a pizza store, which isn't all that often anymore, and a chance for real time side by side coaching comes up. It amazes me almost every single time how hungry they are for that knowledge because they want to be better. And I'm sure you've said this in classes. I know I've said it a hundred times. I don't think we have any team members out there that wake up in the morning, go to the mirror, look at it and say, I'm going to do everything I can to be a problem today at work. And if you're listening right now and you say, Sam, you don't understand about, about Billy that comes to work and he does that, then my question is always the same. What are you doing to replace him? If you know you've got a problem, what are you doing to replace him? And my guess from the look on your face and you laughing right now is that you probably have a similar kind of response to that silliness. Yeah, I do. But you also said if you're listening. So if you're not listening, please turn the volume up. Exactly. If you're not listening, tune in now. Oh, wait, that's like saying, if you're not here, please raise your hand. And right now, poor Lucas is just busting a gut. Yeah, I know. That's why I was, yeah, that's why I was laughing. Yeah. Just for you, Lucas. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. I was so distracted by the idea. You weren't present. That I wasn't present at all. Yeah, way to go. For the last half of that. Thanks. I would like to add more to this conversation at this moment. Let's see if you add more or if you just say the same thing because you weren't present, man. I was not present, not in the slightest bit. I was just laughing and I couldn't I couldn't stop the laughter. This is not my best pod, Sam. I'm so glad this is an odd one and that it's yours because this is this is not my best work. The title. Once you see what the title is for this, the title, you'll be like, now I understand why you weren't present because title. I can't even pronounce the title. Real-time coaching. Jump in with something of value, please, for goodness sake. And ladies and gentlemen, Drew Helmholtz. So I think when we talk about you and I being there for only one specific thing on the, on the coaching piece, and they have all the other distractions going on, I like to talk about make work small. Yes. I love that theory, by the way. There's so many things going on. That's cool. It's It's the... How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like you can't multitask. You've just taken me into another tangent. I'm going to jump in. I know you'd love it when I do that. I've taken how do you eat an elephant out of my workshops? Because apparently that is a dated phrase. I'll put that up and I'll get this in the, uh, in my workshop audiences. It'll be like, huh? And then I'll get things like, why are you trying to eat an elephant? So I've, I've taken that out. Apparently we're old, Drew. I don't think it's old. I think it just lacks context a lot of times. Because people are no longer eating elephants? I don't believe elephants have been eaten in North America in a couple millennia. A couple millennia? And were they elephants or were they woolly mammoths? I think they were actually woolly mammoths, but genealogically we're close enough. So for those of you that are thinking of turning us off right now, I can't say that I blame you. Real-time coaching. 
there's some people, there's someone listening to this. Jeremy Hill right now is just laughing hysterically. It's a possibility that's true. And and please, if if you were and you hear this, Jeremy, let us know how much you were laughing at this section. Because you understand how Sam and I think, and sometimes there's not thought. It's fine. So make work small. When it comes to real-time coaching, the more specific we can make the task, the smaller we can make the time frame, the easier it is for us to give feedback and talk about it because I don't need to write an action plan. I don't need to determine what the 30 minute conversation is. If I'm going to give Sam feedback on his entire last week of work on 40 hours of work, it's going to be a long conversation. But if I'm going to give Sam feedback on his last four minutes of work, it's going to be a 10 second conversation. And that's the key here. Make, make whatever it is, the coaching item, make it small, make it, make it short, because this way your feedback can be very specific to the item you're talking about. And it allows you, no matter how many multiple things are going on, to find 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. And I think what's really important as leaders, you know, we talk all the time about the importance of leading by example, which is a phrase that if you've been in a workshop of mine, you know, I just hate because it's missing a couple of words. I think you have to lead by the right example. And I think that's important because you don't get a choice of whether or not you're going to lead by example. If you're the leader, people are watching you and they're going to follow your lead. And as we were in our, uh, in my personal hours and hours of show prep today, I was scrolling through some reels on Facebook. You know, it's funny how this Facebook works. Once you start watching certain reels, more and more of them pop up. So I, I got into this leadership reel spiral. And a guy that both you and I, at least I think you have seen some of his stuff, Gary V, he got on there and he talked about the importance of never walking by when your standard is not being met. Because when you walk by, whatever is happening, whatever you walk by becomes your standard operating procedure. And I think that ties in directly with real-time coaching. Real-time coaching is not saying, gosh darn it, you're not doing it the way I told you to. Real-time coaching is getting in there and reinforcing the expectation and giving them the support and some more skills and knowledge that they need. And if you do that in a way that makes them feel valued and doesn't belittle them, then they start to take more ownership in what it is they're producing. You know, I, tell me if you agree with this, Drew. I would say that our, our pizza... I do not. Co- well, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> tell me if you agree with this one then. I believe that our pizza-making woes and our quality issues, and, and to me, they're at an epidemic proportion. We need to do a better job making product. We're a restaurant. And it goes along with our great service, which are 1A and 1B in a very close race. Maybe we could debate that someday. I believe that most of our product woes have nothing to do with skills and knowledge. They have everything to do with will and desire. If we could instill with this real-time coaching how important it is, and we are not only telling them how to form a great rim, but why it's important important and how it will impact the human being that's on the other side of us making these pizzas. I think we could get to a point where we could start doing real-time coaching on other things because people start to care about making pizzas. People have asked me, and I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you know the answer for you, but I take great pride in every single pizza that I make. 
for me, it's a big darn deal. And I don't know who instilled that in me or when it became a big darn deal. But I know for me, regardless of how many pizzas were down, regardless of how busy it is, I am not going to go faster if it's going to cause a decrease in quality. And there are people out there that can make pizzas as well as I can, and they can make them faster. I'm not going to try to beat them if quality is going to suffer because of it. My pizzas are always going to meet rim size portion placement bake. Can I confess to a sin? You can. When I was in Seattle doing my Better Shifts Today class, and we're in a store, and the level two assistant manager had not done a cut test. And I looked at my supervisor participants. I'm like, have any of you led a cut test? And they're like, we all have. I'm like, cool. So who would like to do the cut test with this assistant? And they were like, one of them volunteered. It was fine. I'm like, great. Like, I'll make the pizza. And they're like, okay. I'm like, so I looked at the AM. I'm like, can you tell me why a pizza is a remake? Like if it's, if it's rim, how do I fix it? And the AM's like, I mean, I mean, kind of maybe I'm like, cool. So I asked them to not look at me, which once you say, don't look at me, what does everyone do? They look at you. And I made a large pepperoni pizza with my elbows. Okay. So you said you were going to confess to a sin and I haven't heard the whole story, but I'm going to jump in and I don't think it is a sin to make a horrible pizza if you're using it for training purposes and it's not going to get to a customer. That's, that's where I was going. Cause you were like, I, I take great pride in all of my pizzas. I did not take great pride in that pizza. Yes, in you fact, did though. Wait a second. When I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what you do. No, no, no. Teasing, which no, I've never done before. You just, you just, you just close your mouth for one second there. I'm going to jump in. Listen here, sonny boy. <laughs> you did take great pride in that pizza. And why is that? Because you were going to use it for training. You know, it's not, you have to take great pride in every pizza from the customer's sake. You have to take great pride in what you're trying to accomplish. And you were trying to accomplish something for the better good. And your elbow made pizza, which now I want to try, was not going to get to a customer. It becomes contagious. Once you say it, that's all the stupid are the same way. They're like, oh, I got to do this too now. No, you don't. You know what I'm ready for? Are you ready for this? Episode number 115, The Challenge. Uh, this is this is 115. Right. Oh, it's a challenge for this episode. That is correct. Oh, no. No, no, no. Don't do it. Yes. Don't do it. Post a picture. Tag Drew and Sam Talk Training of a pizza that is not going out for a customer. Let's make that perfectly clear that you made with your clean and sanitized elbows. Oh, don't do that. that that's terrible. It's already that done. stuff's going to be out there. That's it's already out done. There. That's terrible. Message us so Please. it's not out there in the wild. Good point. There Messages. Go. The, the, reason, the reason I wanted to do it that way was because making a perfect pizza for a cut test, sure, they get to use the tool, but I wanted to get to the why. That yeah. if, if the rim is bad, how do you fix it? Why do you fix it? I wanted, I wanted that explanation. Now, yeah. the joke during it was don't make a pizza with your elbows. But once we got past the joke, which, by the way, is a nice comedy is a nice way to break the tension when somebody's not sure what they're supposed to do. So cool. once they got past the elbow piece, the, that AM had to go through how to do everything. Yeah, create a positive atmosphere. Absolutely. Kate the Great, make sure that that gets on our uh, YouTube feed. You know, five steps for creating a great training is creating a positive atmosphere and making a joke with elbow pizzas. You're in there, brother. 
It's like, you know, this stuff we teach. I try, man. I try. But to your point, we do this a ton. So every once in a while, you got to do something different. And I know you and I did high performance franchisee way too long ago now. It was, um, I think, 100 years ago. Feels like it, man. And, and part of that was we had to make cut test pizzas for the franchisees. And I think at the time we used like zero day dough yeah. and like last day dough. Sure. And man, there were days where it was really hard to make a bad pizza because you're doing this in our case. I mean, I did it for like 26 straight weeks and, and you know, you got to do a remake, but you're not actively there. You're not present making the pizza. You're just kind of going. And all of a sudden you're like, crap, all five came out and they're great. Yeah. Dang it. You know, like, it's, this is what I think is funny. People, you know, struggle with pizza quality all the time. Once you get to the place that you're obviously at and that, that I'm at as well, that it's important for you, it gets very difficult to make a pizza that doesn't meet rim size portion placement bake. It's, you know, if you think about walking, little kids that are learning to walk are tripping all the time, but once you get it, Something has to trip you up for you to trip. Making pizzas should be the same thing. You should be so instilled in rim size portion placement and bake because people have done side-by-side -side coaching and real-time coaching with you that that's just what you do. It's, it's hard to make that bad pizza. If you follow real-time coaching, we're using a pizza for an example, but this would apply to everything. It would apply to interviewing a new team member. It would apply to training them on phones. It would apply to giving feedback on exiting a team member from their role and promoting them to customer. It'll apply to placing food orders, making schedules like the real time coaching fits to all of it. And it makes it easier. It doesn't mean it makes it fun, but it makes it easier. I like what you just said there, Drew that we've got to not confuse fun with easier. There are things in this job that will never, ever be fun. Dishes. Man, I hate dishes. Those sinks are too low. I need hydraulic <laughs> sinks, man. I need the sinks like another foot and a half higher. You need, a, uh, you need to get to our good friends at Uplift and uh, have them design an Uplift sink. My man Jimmy Z back in Charlotte always promised me a, a hydraulic make line, but that never came through. So yeah, um, the real-time coaching makes it easier for you. And the nice thing is that once it's easy for you, you can then share that with someone else. And now you become the master and they become the trainee and you can teach and train them on how to do it. And that's how this all flows downhill. And, and you can call it real-time coaching. There's a little layer of delegation in there to help out with that. Like the whole idea with all of this, Managers, you have so many things going on. If you don't do real-time training, you're doing all of it. That is correct. If you do real-time training, go ahead, finish the sentence, Sam. Well, if you don't do real-time training, you're either doing all of it or when you're not there, nobody's doing any of it. But if you're doing real-time training, then you get to the, the why and you get to the root and they just don't know how to do it any other way. Right. And when you're not there, they still do it the right way. I love it. I love it. So I believe in this fabulous. I believe. I believe. I believe. Isn't there soccer coming up or something soon? Um, Shawshank tangent compartmentalization episode. Nice. Wow. That's I almost a got the, set, the title out. 
we've jumped into real-time coaching. We have. And that although we can use the example of pizzas, it's not just pizzas. It's about any of it. And, and it's a, it starts from the previous episode in 114 when we talked about coaching inception where you have all the layers going up. Observe your team. Don't let silence be acceptance. If you see it, say it. Don't plan it out. If you Make see it something. small, say something, which is just such a terrible big brother weirdness, but that's fine. See something, say something comes right out of uh, Brave New World or 1984, right? 1984. Does it? Wow, I, I have hat pins that say, see something, say something. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so, it, yeah, but that's, that's, that's make fun. Um, so take your real-time coaching. Don't get stuck on how you're going to say it. Just make sure that what you're saying isn't personal. It's about, it's about what they're doing. It's not about who they are. And make it short, make it fast, and make it right when the event happens. Just, um, that, that's all really great stuff. Really great stuff. And that didn't sound nearly sincere as it sounded in my head. Just so we're clear, why I was laughing then was not what you were saying. You said don't get stuck on it. Immediately, I went to 1980s Lionel Richie. Stuck on me? Or stuck on you? So, uh, sorry. Dude, this, I have, is, this is I, just tangent on tangent on tangent. This has been episode 115 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. If you have not yet liked this, followed up, subscribed, what are you possibly waiting for? In this episode, Sam threw out a challenge. Make sure you message that to us, not just giant social post it. In the event that you want to find more content from Drew and Sam, I'm not going to tell them that it's about elbow making pizza. But if you want to find more content from Drew and Sam, we talked about my, my girl, Kate, who does my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at btyconsulting.com at btyconsulting. You can follow Sam on Instagram at. I have no idea what my Instagram is. I gotta, I gotta get up to speed with the gram. Bowser consulting, Bowser consulting. I'm glad you know. Bowser consulting. At BTY Consulting, I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Drew, who the heck am I? I I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting. You're having an existential moment. And <laughs> hey, gang, go out there and sell more pizza. <laughs> and have more fun. Not some fun. Not all the fun. Have more fun. That's all, folks.